Welcome to the Stabcast, a podcast dedicated to Star Wars Legion. If you'd only had this little green Psylocke, you would have beaten this. Fair and square, baby. Fair and square. Welcome, cadets and commanders to Stabcast, the Sun Sphere Tactical Attack Brigade Star Wars Legion podcast. I'm Ben, number 10 Fowler, with Ryan, number 9 Slawoski, with a special guest appearance by Tim, top 8 Hannon. Welcome, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. Um, Tim is not here because after making top 8 and Ryan and I didn't, uh, we decided to kick him off the podcast. He's out. He's no longer yep. out. Yep. You can't, you can't show us up and, and expect to be back on our show. <laughs> so we are uh, taking applications from Scrub Players. Uh, if you would like to uh, like to send those in, you can go ahead and send those to swstabcast at gmail.com. Uh, put attention, Tim, in the subject line. Uh, we like it if you enjoy playing, talk a lot about it, but don't do it very well. That's the kind of player that we're looking for. Yeah, that's really the niche that, that Tim really really fills on, on our particular program here. Do you get angry, angry very quickly? Because if you do, that's the kind of guy we're looking for. That's right. <laughs> Do you put seeing Pokemon movies above recording high-quality internet radio broadcasts for friends globally? If you don't, you're the kind of person we're looking for to be on That's this That's exactly podcast. right. Yeah. <laughs> this week on Stabcast, battle reports from our Rally Point qualifier in Atlanta, Georgia, picking and playing command cards, and much, much more. So we love Gigabytes, even on those mornings where I don't wake up early enough to actually make it. We really do like Giga. They've been good to us. It's true. Um, and so unlike last time, I managed to wake up in time to get down there for this Rally Point qualifier. I wasn't going to miss that. We were worried. We were worried he was going to miss it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I got there with 30 minutes to spare. It was perfectly fine. <laughs> um, so I'm running Imperials today. Because uh, in general, Stabcast Ryan and Enemy of the Podcast, Brett Rinko, they'll play Rebels. And I always feel like I have to support Stabcast Tim and play Imperial. Because, you know, if I do better than him, I'm like, Tim, here's how you play this faction. Um, although twice now, Tim has proven to be the better Imperial player than I have. Yep. There's been much sadness here at Stabcast HQ. It's almost like if you practice this game, you get better at it. Who would have thought? Uh, listen, I have played five games in the past five weeks. I'm feeling good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so my list is Veers, an Imperial Guard set with the extra guy Electra Staff, three Stormtroopers with DLTs, two Officer-led Snow Flamers with Impact Grenades, a full four-man scout team with the Sniper, and two E-Webs. Love that double E-Web choice. So I'll be honest with you, I had put bikes there, and I was like, that's not going to work. I can split them in half. I had a couple extra points to spare. Uh, originally, I was going to take a 791-point bid. Um, so a nine-point bid overall. I And I thought, I think I really do need duck and cover on that scout team. There's enough off okay. people there. So so it led me to 799, which is not bad. But a one-point bid, I was red player all day long. I obviously took Rebels, and I was a little worried about the Imperial tank. I wasn't so much worried about the, uh, the speeder, because I think there's enough in my kit to be able to deal with it. But I was worried about the tank, so I left Han in the box, which is... Just rare for me, and it hurt my heart a little bit. That's a tough decision for you. Yeah. So I took a, a kind of a different spin on Luke, though. I took Wonder Twins with Chewbacca. I took Luke with Push, Mind Trick, and Stims. I took Leia with a Steam Leader, Tenacity Recon Intel Chewbacca, 
four rebel trooper squads. All of them were just five mans. Two of them had Z6s and no grenades, sadly. I didn't have the points. And two of them had medbots. And I took uh, two sniper teams and then a set of fleets with a scatter gun and recon intel. And the whole idea of my list here was for Luke to deal with tanks, Boba, Vader, if I saw him, other Lukes, uh, Chewbacca's, Hans, who, like, whatever their big power play was. And then having these three really strong core characters in Luke, Leia, Chewie with medbots to keep them alive and have the rest of my list run around and grab boxes. And I took a four-point bid, which I didn't think was was honestly that big of a bid. And I was blue all day, no dice required. Nice. See, I was kind of afraid of the tanks, too. And that's one of the reasons why I bought a, a full scout team and why I brought the two E-webs. They mm-hmm. surged mm-hmm. to crits. And I had... Yeah, that... Oh, oh it was great. <laughs> that surge to crit is fantastic. I had one game, I threw five dice, got five surges on an E-web. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. Delightful. Um, and that wasn't against a tank, but it was definitely against a guy in heavy cover, so there was no there you cover. Go. <laughs> uh, was there a guy afterwards? Uh, there was not. It, they were gone. They were All right, good. wiped, good, wiped good, right good. out. Nothing feels as bad as like having this impossible roll, and then your opponent makes the impossible defense roll, and then you can't be mad because you rolled bonkers, then they rolled bonkers, so it kind of evens out. Well, you say you can't be mad, but give me a second. I'm going to get mad about that. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> so my first game, oh, by the way, I ended up playing against three different Michaels at this Rally Point qualifier. <laughs> They're all named Michael. They're all super nice Michaels um, and human beings in general. Um, but so I played Michael Hancock first. It was super fun. Imperial versus Imperial. He's running Veers, three heel bots with DLT Storms. He had two sets of Death Troopers. There was Boba Fett. There was a lone sniper strike team. And so I was a little worried. Um, his troopers looked really good. I actually liked the way he painted them. Looked nice. Um, used automotive paint on the Death Troopers, and they shined nicely. Okay. Yeah, they really had a nice sparkle that I had not seen before. And as I have not painted my Death Troopers, they're still in boxes sitting on the shelf. Um, I've been very busy. Uh, I was like, ooh, I may, I may steal that technique. Uh, but we're playing recovery supplies. Um, we're lined up in advanced positions on a hostile planet. And I love recover supplies. Like, it is yeah. it is the mission I love to play the most. It's a super nice cat and mouse game. He set Boba up t- to be closest to me because I think he was going to jump in there, grab that box, you know, tear me up something fierce, kill my veers, run away with those points. And so I put nine shots into Boba Fett in the first round trying to kill him off. How much damage did you get? Did not die. <laughs> now, was he close? Oh, yeah. He, he'd already used his emergency stims. Like, he had oh, okay. eight suppression okay. on him. I mean, he's going to die on his next activation, but I wanted him dead before he got the second one. Right. So, second one happens. You know, he locks down my scouts. He, he blows up my Imperial Guards. Like, he does damage that Boba Fett does, and then he slinks off into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> but honestly, I, I put some withering fire into Michael's troops, kind of push him off the center. I grab that box for the, the center one, and I just strategically push myself backwards. We retreat. Um, I get the win one to zero. It's a good fun game. One to zero out of five. No, 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 no. I mean, I no. I'm sorry. I went one and zero. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say like, there's only one box in this recover supplies game, and it's mine. No, no, no. <laughs> I we I, I won three to two. Um, okay. I, okay. I tried to make it real difficult. I, there was a point where I don't think he was going to be able to pick up the second box. Like I made it that hard, but he managed right. to get it right there at the end and. It was three to two, and I had my boxes hidden behind some, you know, some big terrain pieces. So they, we weren't, we weren't going to get them. So, 
But super fun guy to play against. We're on an end table. Nice looking mat. Beautiful looking terrain at this RPQ. You got to get yeah, it there, up to Giga. Yeah, there really was. Yeah, Giga, Giga either had some good stuff themselves. Uh, we should mention that uh, Dan Wolf from Dan Wolf Games, who does like YouTube terrain building tutorials. He also runs the War World site that we've kind of helped with uh, to produce some video content for. Uh, he brought four tables of stuff down. We brought a table down. And I think a couple other community members from the area brought tables, and so they had quite a bit of good terrain down there. So it was it was quite a bit of fun. Uh, my round one was against uh, Tim Krakowski. I had met him uh, probably maybe a couple months ago at an Epicos tournament, and while we didn't get a chance to play, uh, I actually really wanted to because I think we both went 3-0, uh, but we didn't have time to play a cut, and I had the better strength of schedule. So it was fun to kind of kind of get with him and, and get to play a game. Um, and we had, we had chatted before. And he's a really nice guy. He was running a Veers Boba list uh, with a tank and a snow thrower. Uh, so he had the, the guys, the snow troopers with the frags lined up in his tank, ready to, to march out and drop in my deployment zone. He also had two snipers, um, two DLT storms, and a DLT storm with a repair bot. We ended up playing... Uh, hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes. That's enough points for all that. How do you fit a tank and Boba and the Snows and two strike teams and DLTs as far as the eye can see and heal I know. bots? Veers is, no, it's a repair bot, not a heal oh, bot. Okay, repair bots. Okay. Repair bots. They are significantly say, cheaper. Holy messy. I, that's, I don't understand how the math works. I'm an English teacher. But he, he could have cheated. Who knows? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't count it up. I, so, who knows? Atlanta Hawks, I'm just saying. <laughs> so we ended up playing uh, Minefield, which we'll get to in a minute, um, Major Offensive, and uh, we also played Recover Supplies. I tried to hit the side of his tank with my Luke early and often, because that's what I brought Luke to do. And Luke didn't really get a chance to get to the tank, but my snipers did. And so my snipers got a couple good... Uh, using the L shape of major offensive, whichever way he turned his tank, I had a sniper that could hit his uh, his side arc, which was a lot of fun to, to just plink one, get one damage through, and then, you know, the, the impact from weak point and the pierce. But he managed to out-activate me because he had HQ uplink on his tank to get his snow troopers out of the tank before they lost too many guys. I think I only got one guy while he was still in the tank, which was which was great on him. Uh, his snipers didn't have too many great hiding spots. My board edge, being blue player, had a lot better of a, of a position. But he did the typical kind of Imperial recover supplies thing where I'm going to set up these big firing lanes with my snipers and my tank and my DLTs. And I'm going to kind of ignore boxes for the first couple turns and try to whittle you down. And it almost worked. Between <laughs> my two med bots, Luke's emergency stims and Luke using recover on emergency stims, Luke was at one hit point four times during our game. Whew. He just kept getting healed, and then I'd use stims and recover, and he'd get healed some more. And Luke made it through the whole thing. Uh, Chewie did some absolute nightmarish work, just kind of standing out places and guarding and letting people get to boxes. Leia's Inspire was key, and I just got to more boxes than he could because he was hoping to crush one of my flanks where two boxes were. To where he could just make it a three box game, and with my med bots and Luke, that just didn't happen. I, I um, mean, when when Luke falls that low on health that many times, I mean, to use a southernism, yeah. I'd be watertight. You know, I'd be puckering yeah. real hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it was it was definitely a tough game. And the funniest part about it was his tank kind of moved to the middle of the board where I had set up a mine on the central box. And neither one of us went for that central box for the longest time till turn five. We had a mine that we had to roll that daggum red defense die six times before it went off. <laughs> that is awesome. And when it did go off, it caught three of my guys, two of his. Granted, one of his was the tank. He saved all of his damage. I didn't. Um, but Chewie was there, so Chewie took a good chunk of it. And esteemed leader saved Leia, so it was, it was all good. Um, I ended up taking the game. Some of uh, Tim's dice went a little sideways, um, which sucks. I managed to get his Boba Fett, which was nice, but I'll tell you what, and from what I understand, Tim's trend went through the whole day. I had force pushed and mind tricked his his fully loaded DLT repair bot squad to the board edge and put six suppression tokens on them. Oh no. Outside of Veers' range, and I was like, these guys are just dunzos. He rallies four. <laughs> oh, that's his rally dice were unstoppable. I looked at him at the end of the day, and after he told me that in some of his other games, he had some also bonkers rally dice rolls. Um, I was like, if you roll white dice like that, man, just just go play go play the Rebels. We had a lot of fun, though. Me and, me and Tim's game was, was super fun. And it's the thing I love about this game that is super cinematic. Like, you yeah. know, you're going to push him off the edge. These little troopers are going to rally up, come back and fight it off. Love it. Love it. Oh, Luke immediately then killed them, but <laughs> <laughs> but they faced their death with <laughs> a brave heart. <laughs> yeah, Tim also just as something I don't think I've ever fully done before. Also made me use Son of Skywalker on ranged attacks. Oh wow! Because I had to keep taking that recover action, right? And so it wasn't letting me like double charge Luke because I kept having to get my emergency stims back online. <laughs> <laughs> and so Luke just kind of had some cover, and he's like, well, I guess I'll shoot my gun now. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> Said no one ever. That's crazy. That's <laughs> well, my second game um, was against Michael Napolitano, who happens to be very good friends with Michael Hancock, the guy played around <laughs> one. <laughs> and we actually played next to each other. So since Michael Hancock plays Imperial, Michael Napolitano plays Rebels, which means they have lots of experience against the opposite faction. And right. so Michael didn't know what to expect out of my list. Michael Nap- Hancock. Napolitano, though, playing Rebels in my second round, he knew what to expect. So he's playing Leia, Luke, Pathfinders, Rebs with Z6s. And that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. We're, we're positioned for a major offensive. We're going to tr- attempt to recover supplies again. Um, we've got some rapid reinforcements. He drops the Pathfinders in a place that I don't expect. Um, and he does it kind of early to make sure they're there. And I go to light them up. And they just survive longer than they... They don't do a lot of damage, but they survive. And so guys on my side of the field are spending most of their time trying to clean that up. I've got some great shots at Leia. Like, I have what I consider to be pretty good shots. And he saves his Luke for the very end of round one. Now, I'm I'm looking at Luke. I see him. I've got an (laughs) E-Web pointing that direction because we're both on the inside L, um, you know, inside of that little corner there at the middle. Right. He's lined up waiting for someone to go for that box. I've got an E-Web looking at it. So Luke jumps out there. He, he doesn't quite get close into the box, but he happens to have a dodge token. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to shoot Luke. I get some, I think I get two hits out of the thing, which isn't great. And I had name token. No. I get two hits. Ooh, ooh. Like, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. But he spins a dodge. He takes it down to one. He rolls the one defense dice. He gets a surge. I, I take a damage. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. 
Next turn, he grabs that box and he attempts to run. But I'm like, okay, I see Luke. I'm going to try to put more damage into him. And I just don't. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. But at this point now, we've dropped our units in the backfield. I've got a snow flamer with the officer. They're okay for suppression. He's got a whole group of, of rebs on a box. I think that happens to be a four-man group. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take care of those guys. Or six, maybe it's five-man group. No Z6 on it. I'm going to take care of those guys real fast. Watch me do this. I throw great dice. Um, and he dodges out of a, a good bit of it. But I still get him down to just the leader and the box. I'm like, okay. okay. I mean, But I, I, I can kill the guy on the next turn. And then at range three, he drops some of his guys in the backfield. So at range three, through heavy cover, his Z6 lights up. And I think five of the white dice hit and three of the black. Oh, I'm familiar. Oh, and it was like, nope, I rolled, and I, I think I got one block out of the entire thing on a red yeah. dice. It was, so I lose all those snows in his backfield. I'm like, okay, it's still possible. I mean, I can still, I'm, I'm rushing troops forward. I'm going to shoot Luke again if I can make him drop that box or kill him. Leia ends up dying pretty early, um, get her kind of out of the way. And it's just, that is what happens to me every time. I, I, another snow group, they're right there. They're going to blow up a group of guys who have a box. I roll a fantastic, like, seven hits with the flamethrower and the impact grenades. And it is beautiful. He blocks five of them. <laughs> <laughs> then another Z6 squad runs around the corner, lights me up. I lose all but one. Uh, just a leader is running around out there throwing black dice at range one. So <laughs> it was just a tempo of our game. I, every time I, I'd have something nice happen, uh, my defense dice would fail and he would bail out. And you do what you do. You grab yep. those boxes and you strategically retreat behind large line of sight blocking metal debris. And I just couldn't get far enough over to grab those boxes. So I'm now one in one at this stage of the tournament. I will say the table you guys played on was beautiful and fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ryan Slawoski's uh, crate table. Um, yeah. it, it is beautiful. I have my complaints, though. No um, area effect terrain. It. You know, no no, no light cover. Um, there's lots of big blocky things and heavy metal things. And <laughs> we're working on. It. I'm getting. I'm, if I get a little bit more, I want to do figure out how to do like some like crystallized stalactites or something for some light mm-hmm. cover area difficult terrain. And if I get some of that stuff done, I should have enough stuff for two mats at that nice. point. Nice. So we can have we can have two crate maps. Yeah, this summer, by the way, is the Stabcast. We're building maps for our own events later on. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. Round two, played. Uh, let's let's tell the story of this of this legendary hero, <laughs> this legendary outlaw first. So Dustin Harvey of Jagged Brush Studios, uh, another local guy, does commission paint work. Uh, he did win the painting guys. award, so he is a great painter. So if you're looking to get an army done, uh, go check him out. But he drives down and gets the buy. Round one. Oh. Round two has to play me. We'll talk about that game in a minute. Round three has probably the game of both him and Tim Hannon's life combined. <laughs> and so he drove three hours to Atlanta, got a buy, and played two Knoxville players. <laughs> I felt kind of bad only for him. 20 minutes from us in real life. Like, yeah. I could go through a rock in his door right now. <laughs> 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 so I felt but kind of bad for him, but we played and we actually had a, a pretty fun game. Dustin was running a weird list, man. I it was weird. Dug it. I liked it, but it was definitely weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I'm sure there's some other vernacular for it that 
the Legion Discord or the Facebook group has come up for, but it's the Veer's vehicle list, or as I'm calling it, the military parade. See, I was calling it the motor pool myself, but... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it was. it's Veer's, two sets of speeder bikes, um, an occupier tank, two snipers, and four core. Um, he does really well on turn zero and gets breakthrough, uh, so no... Uh, so his vehicles can score points. We played Breakthrough, Minefield, Major Offensive. And Dustin and our game, my game, starts really well. Starts pretty pretty even keel. He does some cool things. I push my loot to the middle of the map and jump on top of this building to get heavy cover. And Dustin makes the, the decision that he sees what, he identifies what my list is designed to do. And you can approach killing this list in one of two ways. You can kill all the support and hope that Luke's lightsaber and Chewie's bowcaster can't get through everything. Or you can go after the heroes, and then all the support will just fall away. And he goes hard in on Luke. I want to say for the first three turns, he just shoots Luke. Like There was a mound of suppression tokens around Luke's yeah. ankles. Like, you almost couldn't see his knees. <laughs> after After turn two, every round, Luke was one suppression away from panicking almost every round. Um, and that's like with Return of the Jedi and Leia Inspires. But Luke was in heavy cover. Luke's got dodge token command cards. And I didn't feel the need to play super aggressive with him because Dustin was just blowing the heck out of him. Um, I actually left Chewie to go around this building to get a beautiful flanking spot where Chewie and a set of fleet troopers took out two sets of storms, a set of bikes, and a sniper team over the course of the game. <laughs> like, like it was, I mean, that's close to 200 points of my list, but it cleaned up an entire flank on Breakthrough and just held it down. Really? It's the Battle of Indoor. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, after turn two, though, Dustin's attack dice tend to kind of go away for him, and I felt kind of bad. But I wasn't getting to do everything that I wanted to do because Luke was just kind of suppressed down. But at the end of the day, he gave me the game because I was going to be able to sneak Chewie up because he was I'd managed to get him enraged and score a p point with my fleet troopers. And I had whittled him down and there was only one unit that he could mathematically get into my deployment zone. And it was a speeder bike with two hit points. And so my snipers were just going to kind of hunt him. But uh, the funniest thing that happened is Dustin was running a very different tank. He wasn't running it with anybody inside of it. And he was running the move aim pilot. And this tank just, like, moved forward, moved back, and took its free pivots all day long. And it did, like, a 15-point turn. <laughs> like, it just kind of stayed in, like, the same. If you took, like, a square of range of range rulers, just range one sticks, it probably stayed within about a square. And it just kind of, like, pivoted around and and <laughs> and squiggled to try that? to keep Luke in arc. And it was it was really funny. He did a little <laughs> dance. Uh, so, yeah, I took, I took the win uh, over Dustin. It was a fun game. I wish his dice would have been a little bit better, um, but uh, he did, once again did that Imperial thing where I think he stood back in cover a little too long um, and didn't posture aggressive to where I don't honestly think it would have helped him all that much, but he just didn't have the actions left to get to Breakthrough, and I still had an alive Luke and an alive Chewie that's really hard to bring down at the end of the day. So that's your second minefield of the day. Did yep. you, were you going for it, or is it just kind of what got left over? Uh, it's what got left over. <laughs> um, the first one, I actually kind of wanted it because those mines and I prioritize against the tanks because they have impact. Um, the other thing in, in me and Dustin's game is I think Dustin misplayed one of his mines because he kind of put it 
he put it in there were basically three paths with major offensive for us to get to each other's deployment zones and he mined one of them in this weird way to where i could just skirt around it and ignore Uh that that one it was like the path i didn't really want to take that much anyway um so for what it's worth i got all the two mines that i got to place to blow up on dustin and he only got one of his to blow up on me nice so I don't know that that was the difference maker, but it, it was a thing to know. Yep. I mean, trying to figure out where the mines are going to do the most damage, not to yourself, is kind of hard. Sure. I mean, yeah. it really is like especially on breakthrough. Up and, yeah, you have to think about yourself and your opponent at the same time, and do so quickly because you don't have much time for setup. All right. So I'm two zero. You're one one. What does uh, what does round three look like, Ben? So I am playing my third and final Michael Michael Gaurecki, um, and so in turn zero, he and I are looking at what we're going to do, and the very last uh, last deployment zone is Long March. And he didn't like the first <laughs> one, so he flips it. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, I, I shouldn't want to play Long March. This is actually Dustin Harvey's table. This is his indoor map. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. It's really hard to design a table that's going to work with everything else. Yes. And work with Long March. or And or Disarray, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? We're going Long March. Let's make this bad. And then <laughs> at least it'll be bad for both of us. Um, he's playing, he's running an Imperial tank. So it's the first one I get to see this day. Uh, so it's going to give him a little bit of a leading edge because he's got the bigger range. He can kind of run straight because there's not enough terrain blocking the edges because we don't design boards like that. And so he's running a, an Imperial tank. He has an E-Web, which he deploys to the back of the tank. He's, yes. He's got two sets of Death Troopers, a single set of Flamers who are hiding behind the tank. So the tank is going to run forward. The Flamers are going to pop out from behind it. Because um, they use the tank as cover, light stuff on fire is the plan. Um, the flamers have a heal droid as well, so they can follow the tank up, um, heal it as best they can. And then he's got DLT troopers to, to enough points with, of course, uh, Commander Veers. Now, the, the thing that I think got him is that we did long march, but I kept key positions. Mm. Like I vetoed something else in order to get, because we ended up playing a hostile um, environment there too. And it's, the key positions was, I think, is what kind of helped me win the game, that that objective with the th- with the tank, which he can't sit on on it with the tank, but he fights hard across the center, and I managed to deploy across from him, and I just light that tank up on on his board edge. The tank is coming at me. Um, turn one, as soon as we can get within range of shooting each other, I put every bit of the um, impact I have with the DLTs into it. I managed to get three wounds on the E-Web before the end of turn one, which is bad. Yeah, which is re- real real bad. Um, Start of turn two, um, he's trying to get to the E-Web token, cannot find it. It just will not come out of his bag to save his life. <laughs> and so I get that one extra shot, and so I get it through the, the tank's defenses. Yeah. Now the E-Web is dead in the back. Um, unfortunately, though, the tank manages to go before then. Um, well, I guess I killed the E-Web, but then after that, the tank has a shot, and he lights up. I mean, just kills every bit of the flame troopers that I plan on bringing in for some impact grenades on the, as soon as I can get to them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm down to, once again, a single unit leader of tankers or for my snow, snow guys. So I pull the trooper token. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to march this one guy up there. I have an impact grenade. I throw one impact grenade. I get the hit. And then I, he doesn't block it. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and so my man, Valiant, stood. He's down to a single health on his tank at the start of round three. And I say, you know what? I've got to go all in. I can't have this tank grab his token first. That's what he wants. Um, He's already played his two one pips. And so um, he's played one of them. I just got to press for it. So I play my ambush. 
I break out the E-Web with the AIM, and that's where I get those five surges to crits. Nice. And so tank blows up. And the problem is the flame, uh, the flame snow, snow troopers are just out there with no cover. Um, there's some DLTs also that were behind the tank. Now there's no cover anywhere for them. And then my DLT stormtroopers just start lighting people up. So he retreats on that side. Meanwhile, on my board edge, he is lighting everything I own on fire because <laughs> he's playing death troopers. And yep. I don't know if anyone's looked at the card recently, but they have like 19 weapons and 14 yeah. defenses and 35 surges. Like every time I turned around, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. My death troopers are still in a box. What are you doing and how is it possible? And it was just like it, when I go to post photos of this thing, because um, I haven't posted the photos to Instagram yet. We got back. I got back late last night. It is going to be nothing but dice because his dice were fire. They were amazingly on fire. Um, once again, I had a great storm, uh, snow troopers with flamers. I'm going to go kill some DTs. They're right there. I throw all the dice. I get eight hits. It is amazing. Like my dice, and they're all black mm-hmm. dice. So they, it, I, may, I didn't have to re-roll. They just landed that way. And I'm like, woo! And yeah, then exactly. he blocks all but like two of them. Yep. <laughs> Death troopers. Yeah, they're, they're I inf- hate you so much. They're infuriating. That's why I bring them. Pierce. Um, it was a really great game. It really was. The problem was when the tank blew up, he was out in the open and he couldn't take mm. the center objective. And from the center or the, from the centerpiece, because on a barricade, I had Veers and a set of stormtroopers and a backup E-Web who could move forward to go touch the barricade because yep. he counts. And then I had three sets of stormtroopers on the other barricade. And from there, they could fire into the center of the field. And anything that wanted that center key position had to walk through that death lane. Nice. And they just couldn't do it. So we ended the game right at the end of round six. By the way, I got to round six in that game nice. and in round two. So you and Tim can stop making fun of me for that. I can finish a game all the way through <laughs> in time. But <laughs> we ended up winning that game. I had the, 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 the key positions. And for the day, I ended up going two and one. Ben's the only one that will complain that his opponent's dice are fire and unfair. But then be like, hmm, but I'll win anyway. Like, only Ben does this. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and it's because, and we've had this conversation before, I always try to play the objective game. I do. And so the objective game is what normally gets me the win. Um, dice are rarely going to be the thing that I can win with. I'm, I can't throw dice. I try. I, I try. I really do. But it's almost always the other right. things that are in a game that will get me to that point. It's why I'm <laughs> terrible at hero clicks. Like, I just, I can't Everyone's play the terrible thing because there's nothing clicks. but dice. <laughs> <laughs> so my round three game, I'm at the two and O table. Uh, we're not quite sure if we're playing a cut four or a cut two, uh, because if we play cut two with 19 players, there will potentially be three undefeateds, and then someone with strength of schedule just kind of goes SOL. Uh, so we had which spoiler alert is exactly what happened. No, they uh, they did a top four cut, so all the undefeateds went. And they took one of the two and one, the highest rated two and one, instead of there being three three and O's and only taking the top two. Well, that's, that's actually what I meant was that there were three three and O's. So I also got to play Michael Napolitano. God, I'm going to butcher. I knew I was going to butcher that. Uh, Napolitano. Um, you think as someone with a weird last name, I could also do other people's weird last names. Um, but a bit of brief history between me and Michael. If you look back a couple episodes ago to our last Atlanta trip. I got to play Michael, and I think I talked about our game in some detail, uh, round three of that tournament as well, and he was kind of, this was his second tournament, and 
when I played him before, it was his first, and it did not go well. Like, it was his first time playing Rebel versus Rebel, and it's a weird, wonky matchup, and it didn't go great for him. So it was fun for to get to play him again, see how he's improved, see how he's grown, because he's a good war gamer. The only thing he was missing were, like, the idiosyncrasies of Legion, of the things that make Legion kind of a unique game. Uh, so Ben kind of already talked about his list. Luke, Leia, uh, some Z6 with frags, a couple paths, some snipers. Biston made an appearance. Um, How did I forget Biston? Oh, man, because he's the only person I know that's played Biston. <laughs> I love Biston, but Ryan talks me off of him every time. I've only played Pal yeah. on the table. So we played uh, Intercept Transmissions, Major Offensive Rapid Reinforcements on Dan Wolf's really cool uh, like Yavin Falling Temple table, which was a lot of fun. He played, we, it was too, very much two different styles of Luke. I played like this weird kind of defensive cagey Luke where I kept my Luke kind of to use his leadership bubble to support a flank. And he ran his Luke up on the fir- at the end of turn one immediately to my deployment zone. Um, and on turn two, got engaged with Chewbacca. I did this, you know, left, deployed some of my guys back and spread them out so he couldn't drop any rapid reinforcements behind me because he did rapid, choose to rapid reinforce two of his Z6 frag squads while I only put my fleet troopers in rapid. We both did a pretty good job of keeping each other off of super great rapid reinforcements. I think, honestly, I got a little bit better of a deal because the first one that he got to drop, he dropped aggressive. And the second one he dropped because he knew I still had one more core in my bag to go so he could put it where he wants to before he had to see where I was going to go. He put back in his backfield to defend to keep me from dropping where I wanted to go. So he, he played one aggressive, one defensive, and then I kind of found a place where I could hide my fleet troopers who could run up and get a shot on Leia. Uh, wasn't a range one shot, but it, but it was a shot on Leia. And going into turn two, I pull off. He goes first and gets to slam his Luke into Chewie, so I can't light his Luke up, who's standing in the middle of the field. My first pull on the first turn, he manages to get one of my snipers. Um, so I have one special forces token left in my bag. I have five core token, one special forces tokens, and I played. Um, I played a card that got Luke, or that got Leia and Chewie order tokens. And so I've got Luke, one special forces, and five core tokens in my bag. I really want to pull a core so I can pop my fleet troopers around on Leia, catch her out of cover, and just go blammo. And I pulled the Dagum sniper, who then does zero damage. Um, <laughs> with a name token. Yeah. Oh, it's... I- I will say in my game against Michael Gorecki and against Michael Napolitano, bag pull was an issue for me. My list was so diverse. Like it was, and I even had improvised orders. And for Michael Gorecki, I improvised from a special forces into yep. the other special forces. I had five core tokens in my bag. I had two supports yeah. in there and I still couldn't get the one I wanted. Yeah. So that, that feels bad. His layer then immediately activates, shoots three fleet troopers, um, oh. The Luke-Chewie fight goes actually not horribly for me, because Chewie just takes so long to bring down. I actually managed to leave his Luke on one or two health, plus E-stims. But he does eventually get Chewie, and instead of going after Leia, kind of like I thought he would, because he had his uh, Pathfinders in a really great spot to barrage Leia. She had heavy cover, but they just throw so many dice, you're going to get something through. Um, I was having to use Chewie and my med bots to... Uh, 
to to heal him up or to keep her to keep her alive. We have this Luke fight in the middle of the table. Luke comes around, clears up some squads, and this is the game. Who wins the Luke fight is going to win. And as we're closing in on our Lukes on each other, he gets this range three Z six shot onto my Luke without a name token and throws into three hits, which is not not great, not terrible for for Luke um, and a Z six. I roll three blanks. It's fantastic. So I'm down three wounds. Um, our Lukes meet and they start cutting into each other and it comes down to son of Skywalker. Who's going to drop SOS first. I should, I'll actually, I should, I should rewind this, this story a bit. Let's go back to turn two. Turn two was where I thought I had, was going to have Luke dead to rights. It was the heartbreak of the game for me. I don't think it was the turning point, but it was the heartbreak. Brains and brawn is a pretty cool card. Just so you know. And I was like, I'm going to get a brains and brawn off on Luke with Leia and Chewie. They were there. It was great. I rolled, I want to say, out of the seven dice, I got six hits. Nice. Luke takes one. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. I all, and Leia also took one from it. Um, <laughs> he deflected backwards? <laughs> yeah, he deflected it. Um, so I was like, all right, well, that kind of sucks. Um, I get a great common cause off because I was running Son of Skywalker and Common Cause, and we'll talk about that. Uh, a little bit later in the show. But uh, we get to this cool Luke fight, and we both got Son of Skywalker in hand, and we both don't know how exactly this is going to shake out, and we both trick each other, and we both play Return of the Jedi. Because <laughs> we're trying to get the dodge token, because we think the math says we can survive the SOS, and then counter SOS next turn. Um, and I probably should have done it, or at least I should have probably played... Uh, my allies, the force, because he had already burned his and I could have gone first. It ultimately didn't matter because I did win the Return of the Jedi roll off. My Luke takes an aim token, pulls back his saber. He has to do three damage. Luke is on one. His Luke is on one. He has a dodge token and he's got emergency stims. So I, I have to do, I think, four damage to kill, which probably isn't going to happen. But at least two damage to, to kill him at the end of the round after E stims. I roll two hits. Gross. I spend my aim token. I roll two dice into one more hit. Gross. Not even a surge for a crit. <laughs> he spends his dodge token and rolls two surges. <laughs> oh, that's... He he responds, makes me pop my stems, doesn't, um, doesn't kill me. And then we go to the, the Son of Skywalker next turn roll off into turn five. He wins the roll, and that pretty much sealed the game. So it was a super close game. Like He had more dudes on the board, but if my Luke could have won the fight, he was going to be incredibly hard to bring down. Um, he still had some board control, and I don't know if it would have gone, gone my way. Uh, we both kind of agreed that... Michael had a few better dice, actually quite a few better dice rolls than me. And the vi when variants came into play, it tended to favor him because I think he said it really well himself that he was rolling just a bit above the curve and I was rolling just a bit below. But since he's above and I'm below, there's actually quite a bit of difference. It's not like one of us was rolling above and the other was average. Yeah. So I kind of got blown off the table. Uh, Michael went on to, to the finals, which is great for him. Um, and at the end of the day, this is a dice game. We, we agreed to play a dice game. 
if I would have just had the balls to play SOS the first time around, I probably could have could have just gotten his Luke with two attacks. But hindsight's twenty twenty. I wanted the dodge token because mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave it to a die roll. And if you're gonna outroll your opponent, just a public public uh, service announcement to everybody: at least make mistakes that I can capitalize <laughs> yeah. on. And the thing about Michael's play, he didn't make any big mistakes. I mean, I can't. I can look back and see a few mistakes that I probably made, um, and so I'm not mad at him for winning that game at all. Even though it the dice came down in favor, we both didn't make a ton of mistakes, and he got the win, and it was awesome. So it was good to good to see somebody like I don't want to say I dumpstered him the last time we played, but it was it was a rough game. Um, I got like his Leia like turn two, and my ATRTs refused to die, and it was it was it was a bad day for him. Uh, so he got his vengeance in a huge way and grew a ton of a player. And we were playing at this table on stream. Hopefully, we'll get this game streamed for you guys next to a window in the Atlanta sun. And <laughs> the other tables next to us looked over to us, and it's just both of us like arms gripping the table, sweating bullets. <laughs> Like it was gross. It was a, it was a sticky game, uh, but it was a ton of fun. He's he's too nice of a guy to be mad at. So, well, I can hear the imperial players who are listening going, "Wait, wait, wait! How can the variance be slightly above and yours be slightly low?" And that makes a huge difference because we don't throw that many dice on the imperial side. It I, Michael's uh, Z sixes every time yeah. he could get four hits out of the whites. He did like it was just like wee. <laughs> granted it's with biston but i want to say that he probably averaged around six to seven damage on those pathfinders oh that is gross yeah it was it was yeah it was it was silly yeah and that's what happens white dice will spike yep. because you can also throw yep. blanks just nothing just nothing i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah and my luke defense dice were terrible absolutely god awful <laughs> uh so it is what it is but like i said he didn't make a mistake so i'm not gonna say he didn't deserve to win that game because he totally did um so I will have to keep going to RPQs and continue the hunt for my world's invite. And now, a special message from Tim Hannon. I, of course, played for the Glorious Empire. My list was Veers, five Stormtroopers, four of them DLTs, one naked, Boba Fett, two DLT Death Troopers with Recon Intel, and of course the Configuration Gun. This brought me right up to 800 points, and so I never got to be blue. My very first game was against Adam who came in third overall and beat me last time I played him. So, of course, this time was basically an auto-loss for me. Very sad. However, we still had a great game. Uh, we played advanced positions, intercept the transmissions, and uh, clear conditions. And note, before I get the boos and the hisses, note that if I had not pushed for clear, he would have gotten limited viz. All of my range 4 units wouldn't have been able to shoot when I needed them to, and it would have been a far worse massacre. Uh, so, no, no salt here. He quite honestly perfectly outplayed me he saw what i was trying to do with my placements and where i was trying to come up on the side angles and instead of fighting me on it he performed a couple tactical withdrawals which we even joked about because he called them retreats i said no though those are tactical withdrawals Uh, and that shifted my momentum and forced me into a bad spot also i was painfully reminded in that game why i never stand by because standby is the devil's action children You might get a free aim with your death troopers, but without the range 3 upgrade, your aim goes straight to the grave and straight to hell. I wasted a turn of my death troopers right where they were in a really important spot, and I suffered in no small part because of it. I won't say I lost the game because of it, but it definitely did not hurt. Um, But the good news is, he didn't table me in an hour, and I did better this time. So, I count that as a win, personally. 
but that's just me. Game two, I played against Michael G, uh, who Ben later on played as well. Uh, he was running Veers, a tank, an E-Web, two Death Troopers, a Flame Snow Squad with a Repair Bot, and DLT Storms to fill up the gap there. Uh, we played Major Offensive, Key Positions, and again, Clear Conditions. This time, I didn't really push for that. It just kind of happened for Clear Conditions, so you're welcome to boo me there. Uh, we both played well. Uh, I was quite close up until the end. His tank pushed a flank with the E-Web on board, and then the Snow's right behind it. His Death Troopers and Veers on the other flank and the middle was taken up by his DLTs. Uh, we're getting really good placement. I played Bobo's Rocket early on purpose to get some early damage through to the tank, which plus the DLTs equaled to about four damage on the tank, which is not too bad at the end of round one, which is good. And two of that damage went through the E-Web, which is even better. That helped me a lot. I honestly had no problem with him having the E-Web on the tank because it just let me pour damage in there with those DLTs. And I said, sure, I might not kill a tank, but I'll take some free damage on an E-Web, no problem. So I was doing pretty good with the damage on the tank until the last activation on round one. He moved the flame snows and fixed a wound and in doing that and then embarked for his last action. And then at the start of turn two, disembark, free flame attack, all those things. And then the last free action, he repaired the tank. So suddenly I went from four damage on the tank to two damage on the tank in a matter of two activations. And that hurt. Um, Speaking of that flame attack on my Death Trooper, yeah, my Death Trooper's dice, gone for both squads. Just awful, yeah. They don't know what the word paint means. And sadly, that went for both squads again. So one squad being flamed down to two units right away in one hit, and then the other squad was wiped down to just a leader in, I think, two hits. It was sad. Those were, That was done by his Death Trooper. So he definitely outplayed me on the Death Trooper side, which is a pretty common theme, so I don't know how I keep doing too well with him, but okay. Um... But yes, it was sad. Bobo was also sad. He blinked his dice as well, and he died in pretty much two hits. However, thank God for E-Stims, and thanks to Stims, he was able to live long enough to use his Flamer and his Pierce Gun. And I literally just ran him up front, because again, I knew he was going to die. And he used his Pierce Gun to finish off a squad of uh, Death Troopers, and his Flamer to finish off a Storm Squad, or at least give some heavy damage to them. So he died well, no shame there. Uh, didn't miss my bounty though, and that made me really have to push the point more. Now my normie squads, red dice, all the DLTs and naked squad, on fire. They refused to die, and they really allowed me to push up. Uh, I won't say I won because of it, but it definitely helped. Uh, being key positions came down to the wire, and one of my squads of two death troopers, the one that the that had only the death trooper leader and the DLT left, suddenly decided to fight. And they decided, ah, you know what, we're not going to die after all. And they helped clear the point, do some real good damage with that, uh, with the DLT supporting them. By the end of the game, he only had three models left on the board. We called it the top of round five with some time left as well. Um, again, overall, he played well. I think he was really, really close. But as someone who loves the tank, and I've been playing it ever since I got into TTS, a few things I saw, and also someone who loves Veers, I think respectively that where his misplays were was he kept Veers too far back until it was too late, whereas mine was using uh, using uh, him to move up and use the Pierce gun, which is quite effective. People always underestimate Veers' Pierce. It's quite good. And also to, of course, keep taking the suppression off. And then the tank. Oh, the tank. It was a plink fest meaning i was just getting one damage here one damage here nothing i couldn't couldn't quite finish it off until suddenly he chose to move get his free aim token 
However, that then immediately showed me his sides and two DLTs and the naked guys got a free shot on his sides, basically. And it was just he, the tank melted after that. Uh, never show him your sides, kids. So <laughs> the moral of the story is don't show him your sides. And also that E-Web on there, like I said before, it was great because it launched half dead. And so it didn't take me a whole lot to finish it, although its defense dice were pretty great. So again, great game. He said he's a listener, so I thank him for the game. Thank him for listening. I uh, hope I didn't offend him with any of that critiques. Um, just again, I really liked his list. I think it was really interesting. Just a couple, couple different plays, and I think it would be a very different ball game. My third game, I played Dustin. Oh, Dustin. Uh, so we played key positions, hostile environment, and advanced positions. So yeah, I got two games of key positions and advanced positions in the same same day. So that was interesting, and a hostile environment thrown in there. This game was close. Uh, I had a water bottle. I was literally gnawing on it at one point because I was so angry. I thought it was just going to be a fun little game where I didn't really care. <laughs> and uh, No, this was not the case. His defense dice were probably in the 90% range, and I think he would agree with me on that. Like, just rolling 90% blocks on red dice, which, of course, red dice roll really well. I get that. But... It was just insane. I couldn't get any damage through. However, because I just kept lighting up his units and they weren't dying, I managed to suppress two units off the board. And I believe one was full health and the other one was, I think, halfway dead. I, I could be wrong on that. But yeah, I suppressed two units right off the board and that really helped swing the momentum because the first half of that game was definitely his. His bike swooped in. His bike's got a really good shot on my Death Troopers. Again, Death Troopers dice blanked out, and he just wiped a Death Trooper squad almost at the beginning of the game. Uh, and then his other bike came around the corner. He had two bikes, uh, tank, and then uh, some snipers, veers, and stormtroopers. His other bikes came around the corner, and they got a good shot off, but then they were off on top, and I was able to focus fire on them. The naked squad that I have... People always look at it and say, oh, it's just a naked squad. And he even said, oh, that's just a naked squad of stormtroopers. And I looked him in the face at the beginning of the game. I said, don't you dare blaspheme my naked stormtroopers. These men are heroes. And sure enough, they held the rear point against a tank. And they held it while Boba and his other friends tried to take down the tank. And eventually we did take the tank down. It was extremely close. I had to not kill the tank. He would have won it because of key positions. Again, being that close, it came down to where Boba had a few shots. I had to move him up and shoot his flamethrower. Again, super, super down to the wire. And it ended up being tied up. And we came down to points destroyed. And I won on points destroyed by, I think, just a couple of units. So, again, it's close on that front, too. He just couldn't quite push enough damage through. Again, I think he lent a little bit more reserve with his veers, which cost him because he could have wiped a unit. And that would have... I think I still would have won, but it would have been even closer than it was. So, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, again, I was definitely probably seeming like a little bit of a sore winner at that point, but uh, it, ooh, his dice were infuriating, and I looked at him in the face, and he, he was laughing because he knew. He knew what he had done, and he knew his dice were were just silliness. Um, and uh, that, that's what happens, but it doesn't make it any easier. I don't mind to lose when I play badly, but when it's that close and it just comes down to my dice are better than yours, whoo. Whew, that must be what it's like to be a rebel all the time. So you have my pity. I won't go easy on you, but I have my pity, rebel players. But that is, those are my games. Overall, I did pretty well, and I managed to come in eighth. Uh, most importantly, I beat Ryan and Ben, and it was a great time. I had a blast. Uh, 
got some some cool new swag even if my dice bag now has a little or excuse me my token bag has a little rebel insignia on it it's fine at least it's at least it's shiny it's cool i'm sad that i'm not get to be contributing to some of the rest of this cast but i will be on the next one and we'll all be united together again so everyone take care and remember i'm tim hannon reminding you that you can't spend your free aim if you're in hell if you get a chance, you should definitely check out our Instagram, where I will be posting photos of this RPQ from Atlanta. Great tables there. I did not get to play on the Dan Wolf tables. I never made it that far up the Ooh. list, apparently. Um, but there was beautiful photos of beautiful shots, beautifully painted models. I can't give Dustin Harvey a jagged brush a hard time about taking that thing home, because it looked great. It really did. Um, I'll go ahead and make the joke here, so I don't have to wait on it. Yep. Tim Hannon mm-hmm. managed to win a painting contest. A contest he didn't even put any models in, but someone, several people apparently recommended him for greatly painted models, so he won like second place at this thing. So I've won a painting award. Tim's now won a painting award. Will's won a painting award. Our former co-host Brett Enemy the podcast has won a painting award. Uh, ben, how is your collection of painting awards going? Um, currently still zero. It's a little dusty in the That's cabinet, mm, but you know mm, I'm making space for it. Mm, I'm making space. That for sucks. It. Sucks for you. Okay. <laughs> Also, if you get a chance, you check out our Twitch stream, SW Stabcast. Look at Tim's um, a stream, Timitation Irish. Uh, he is still playing um, online games a lot more than I am, but sometimes we will comment on them. Great events that we are streaming out there for you all to watch. Um, yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. So check out those things. Also, while you're doing that, check us out on Facebook. Give us a follow on Twitter. Whatever you get your podcast, give us a rating. Analytics are always good. We're Legion people. We love data. Uh, we're on Spotify. You can find us on all those platforms at SWStabcast. Drop us an email at SWStabcast at gmail.com. Questions, concern, critiques, uh, whatever. Show us the store where you guys are playing at, like LJ Pena did, or Talk Polite from the Discord server, our benevolent overlord. He's playing games at the Perky Nerd in Burbank, California. If you, We'll have some photos of their awesome-looking terrain up on the Instagram the day this show drops. Um, he didn't include what nights they play, but uh, if you're anywhere around the Legion community, you know how to get a hold of, of LJ. So check out the Perky Nerd, and if you want to support our show, you can go to our shirt shop on teespring.com slash stores slash stabcast uh, and buy a cool shirt or two. So I have to have a question about this place for uh, Talk Polite. Is the Perky Nerd a place that sells lots of coffee and board games, or are they just heavily bosomed, bearded men with, you know, who, who are well endowed? I've got to know these things. I guess we got to make a trip out to Burbank and find out. Find out. And now, some news from the Hollownet. Paint. <laughs> so we started this podcast um, talking about paint. When we started episode zero, that was going to be my main focus. Will loved to paint from 40k. I was learning how to paint and talking about stuff. Never won a painting award, but I'm not holding any bitter things here. <laughs> but FFG announced through the stream that you could get specialized Legion paints. It, Yay. it was the announcement none of us were expecting. But I'll be honest with you, yeah. the Army Painter's nice. I have several bottles of it yeah. in my collection. Um, and the color palette looks really good. Um, look, yeah, it does. And honestly, the price point that um, FFG is talking about isn't bad either. Yeah, for what you're, for what you're getting in the box, it's, it's not bad at all. It's, it's cool. Now, with, you know, 
that the prices on all of our Legion stuff may go up soon, but that's a topic for another episode that we probably <laughs> will never do. Um, so if you're looking at starting, if you're listening to us, you're new, you, everything's gray, Landon, you can buy paints um, and a core <laughs> set. Um, you can buy Imperial and Rebel specialty color schemes. I will likely pick up the, the uh, CIS pack uh, when it comes out just because I, I know I don't have colors in that scheme. Um, so. Tan, sand, beige, brown, <laughs> other brown, a different other brown. And Roger, Roger, silver. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the only news we got. Ryan, what else did we hear? Uh, we got a uh, Sabine article, and Sabine was pretty heavily spoiled at the FFG livestream a couple weeks ago. So, really, this whole news article only really shows. The Electro Grapple line. <laughs> it's neat, I guess. Sabine only five points. It's exhaustible. It costs an action to use. Give somebody in range one, in line of sight, two immobilized tokens and two suppression tokens. It's fine, I, I guess. I like it if you want to make sure that no one disengages from your Luke. Um, at dinner after the RPQ, okay. uh, we're in Atlanta, beautiful Cuban diner. We've been there before. Yeah. And we had this conversation yeah. about in, you know, Luke engages and then doesn't kill them on purpose so that you can't shoot yeah. him. And well, if you engage somebody that hasn't gone yet, they just back up and then all your other guys shoot yep. them. Sabine can make sure that doesn't yep. happen for five points. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of people were crying when it first dropped because it's just like Boba Fett's one pip command card. And well, no, it's not because it's not on a command card. Yeah. It's exhaustible. Boba's is a free action. Free. Sabine's costs an action. Boba lets you disengage for free. Sabine doesn't. Although Sabine typically doesn't want to, to be fair. Yeah. And this costs five points. And while five points, I think, for it in a vacuum is great value, it's the opportunity cost that I think makes it too expensive. Mm-hmm. Because those. it's not the personal shield generator and it's not emergency stims. So it takes up that, that hyper-competitive gear slot. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how sold on Sabine I am. Now, I think she's super value town. I don't want people to say, oh, Stabcast is bad because they don't like Sabine. I don't like Sabine for the way that I like to I play. I was about to say, she's 125 points with four awesome keywords. A rainbow gun, a range one or two, surges on everything, and she yeah. has red dice. I mean. Yeah. No, I, th- I think she's a super strong model, and I'll probably, just like I did with Chewbacca um, and I was just like I did with Jin. My first impressions will be entirely wrong until I get my hands on her. Um, like I thought Jin was going to be awesome and she wasn't. And I thought Chewie was going to be bad and I hardly leave home without him. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fine card. I think this is probably the weakest thing that comes in the pack. Uh, but you never know. We'll, we'll see. So let's talk about some upcoming events in our neck of the woods. We went to the Atlanta RPQ, which is one of the first in the season in our area. Um, there's going to be lots of RPQs, though. Um, uh, so yep. if you're looking for some practice, we have monthly events at Sci-Fi. Um, you can probably find us out and about within about a seven, eight-hour radius of going to some RPQs. Uh, yeah, I think we're hitting, looking at North Carolina. We are. Um, we're looking at Kentucky. We're looking at, at Chew Indy later in the year, much later in the year. We are. Uh, so we'll, we'll be around. We'll be around. Or if you're in Madison, Wisconsin, you are in luck in on uh, – June 22nd, Misty Mountain Games in Madison, Wisconsin is having their RPQ. And lucky for the Madison players, my sister lives about 90 minutes away. So I conveniently took a uh, a vacation to go see her uh, along that same timeline. 
conveniently, I will be in Madison on the same day, <laughs> not look, not talking to my sister. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are in the Wisconsin area and going to be at that RPQ, do let me know. I'm looking forward to meeting some people coming out and playing some some gamers I haven't gotten to meet before. So that'll be a ton of fun. That will be a ton of fun. Um, I will still be in Tennessee. I'm working summer school, so got to you know make the kids learn some stuff. Um, but right after that, so that is what that is June twenty second in July, yep. July thirteenth. What are we doing, Ryan? Man, I'm actually really pumped for this event. It, as of right now, sadly, it does not have a world's invite on the line. It's not an official rally point, but we are going to be having an event at Dicehead Games in conjunction. It's not going to be at ATC, but it's going to be in conjunction with it, with it, which is a huge Warhammer tournament that people fly in from all around for the American American Team Classic. Uh, it'll be at Dicehead Games in the Cleveland Mall. We're going to be bringing all kinds of great tables. We're going to be streaming it. It is July th- uh, 13th. It is going to be a ton of fun. We're hoping to, to get some great prize support. You can pre-reg for it. And honestly, if you're thinking about coming, guys, go ahead and pre-reg. Because the more numbers that we show the organizers that we're going to bring for Legion, the more resources we're going to get, the better prize support we're going to get. Uh, we did a team event there last year, and it was just a team event to kind of keep in in line with what the Warhammer players are doing. But after the event, when we sat down with the organizers and the guys at Dicehead, Shane and Chad, they're great guys, and they want to do what gamers want to do. And we say, you know what? Legion's not really there for a team format yet. Let's Next year, can we start planning on just doing a traditional uh, four-round event? And they said, hey, if that's going to bring in more people... Let's do it. And they're doing a great job working with us to try to make this a big, awesome event. And I'd love to see 20 people out and maybe grow it more and more from there to, to make this a, a pretty big deal in the Southeast. So if you're a Southeastern Legion player, or even not from the Southeast, we kind of want to make this the big tournament of, of the region every year. So come help us out at ATC July 13th. You can find more information uh, just by Googling ATC Legion or going to uh, uh, whatc.org and find all the registration information. You're only about an hour and a half from the Nashville airport, about two hours, yep. two and a half hours from the Atlanta airport. Um, you know, you can fly to Chattanooga proper. You're only about 25 minutes away at that point. Uh, and we're not at Camp Jordan, which is actually kind of nice. Like it's a beautiful – I mean, it's, but it's, yeah, the air conditioning is going to work. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot more options for restrooms, like food a little bit better. Like it's actually really nice that we're kind of not at Camp Jordan. <laughs> right. But if you can't catch us in June or July or June for that matter, you should come see us at Gen Con. Uh, we all registered for our Gen Con events this morning. So Stabcast is playing on Thursday. So That's right. we need you all to come out and play on Thursday. I'm not driving to Indianapolis, possibly with Ryan and Archie, the podcast, Brett, <laughs> in my car to go play them in Legion. I don't want to pull That's a right. Dustin Harvey here, so, who's also playing on Thursday. Who's also playing Thursday. <laughs> um. Um, but if you're going to play, if you come out and play on Thursday night, we're going to have a meet and greet. We haven't decided where yet. We've got a couple places in Indy that we do love to eat. Come see us for dinner um, after the event. Come treat us to drinks. We will always drink your booze. Um, yes, we will. And come hear the stories of how if that one card play had been different, Stabcast Ryan would have probably beaten you. It's worth eating. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we should probably also throw it out there. We're having a Rally Point qualifier on September 21st absolutely. here in Knoxville. Uh, you should come check it out. We're hoping to have pre-reg live here in the next couple of weeks so we can see... We don't think we'll have to cap it, uh, but we 
we are kind of tight on space if it's going to go above like 30 people. So if you think you're going to want to come, let us know. And so we can make space arrangements with the store. Uh, it's going to be a absolute ton of fun. Uh, Will and I, Will, who works at the store, we've been uh, doing some preliminary designs. We believe that we can fit 16 tables in the place, have some nice some okay, space great. to walk around. I will be your tournament organizer for that. So we are already making plans for yeah. prize support and set up, and we're building boards this summer. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be. We want it to be uh, probably one of the best rally points in the in the southeast. I mean, that, uh, it's, that's what we're that's what we're trying to do, and it's us. I mean, it's it, is, it is us after all, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, if you can't come see us in June, and you can't make it down in July, and we don't see you at Gen Con in August, show up in September. Take the kids to Gatlinburg, drop them off at the aquarium or the mountains. The weather will be beautiful. The leaves will not have turned quite yet, so it's still nice and kind of fall summery. And then yeah, tell the family goodbye and come play some Legion on September the twenty first. That's right. All right, let's stop on down now to the Imperial Academy Graduate Officer School, or IAGOS, whatever long acronym we've made up for it. (laughs) So you've survived basic infantry school. You know how to aim and shoot and grab objectives, but you can't be a true commander in Legion until you have a finer understanding of all the battlefield tactics. So what are we talking about this week? We're talking about what tools do you as a commander need to build your command hand and how to choose those cards round to round. I think uh, a couple months ago, this was a really easy choice. Yeah, super easy. Took your commanders and you took their three cards, and then you took your three generic cards. But with more operatives coming out, more commanders getting situational cards, a new set of specialist generic cards, command cards are getting strange. They're getting more varied. And there's a lot more aspects into both building a command hand and learning how to play them. And two weeks ago, we had this conversation about Brett and his online game. Um, this was a hot yes. topic at the uh, RPQ this past weekend because you're yep. not really quite sure. And I, you're anticipating, is he going to play this? Does he have this? Does she have that? No, they don't. Oh, and you're not really sure that the tension is there. Yeah. Now, granted, it's still not weird enough to merit taking the – Imperial one pip oh, no. second nope, generic, nope. whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> intercept, whatever. Look at their hand. Um, it's still not that good. It's still not that weird. That's still a really and, bad and card. Still, I don't know that I'm ever going to play the Rebel one pip. I just nope. It's I'm bad. Just too. not going to use it. So <laughs> those two cards are not likely in your opponent's hand. But you're going to surprise somebody if you do play it. They're going to be super That's shocked. True. They will be very surprised. <laughs> so we've got a lot of choice right now, um, and I think when you're choosing which seven cards. The first thing you need to do is take standing orders because the rules tell you, you have to. to yes. But then the second the second thing you have to do is look at how you want to try to win. When, what do I see, say when I mean try to win? Some players want to play for the tie game and win on kill points. Some people want to just play the VPs and then run away. Some people want to play the suppression game. You need to figure out what your list is trying to do, how you want to try to achieve victory, and take the six cards that are going to help best support you to do that. Not necessarily just, oh, I'm running two commanders, better grab these these six cards and go. I mean, for example, you heard Ryan talk about he was playing Luke and Leia and Chewbacca, and he went with both of his Chewbacca cards that work with those commanders, which yep. takes up space. But it also gives him excellent murder things, but that gives him space to take objectives if he needs to. It allows him to play a reactive game or a proactive game to do whatever he needs mm-hmm. to for that game. It's very flexible. Common cause is so good. So flexible. 
in two of my three games, my opponents are like, wait, what does this card do? Yeah. I was like, Chewie rips your face off, and then Luke rips your face off, and it was great. Um, See, on the Imperial side, I feel like I don't have quite as many options. Running two commanders yeah, true. Is, isn't, isn't there yet for the Imperials. Um, I originally started my list with Palpatine, and I was like, he's too expensive. So I dropped him, and I got back <laughs> like 170 points. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But with the generics, it really depends on what I'm doing with my list. And if it's Veers or Krennic, um, those four generics actually work really well. I didn't, yeah, they do. I didn't have any vehicles, so bringing Veers' two pip wasn't going to help me. So I used the one. that I had two supports. That card actually played out nicely in, in, in two of my three games. Um, and so you can kind of play around with those generics and see where you want them. It's also really nice because Veers doesn't have a lot of health. And if for some reason he gets sniped real hard and the surges go against you and you... It's one less card you got to worry exactly. about. Usually. Yeah. Exactly. And that frees my hand up for whoever I nominate next, which is likely going to be someone with more health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and kind of like Ben alluded to, a lot of times it's also about the cards you don't take rather than the cards you do take. I would say I probably got about half the cost benefit of Orbital Bombardment, even though I didn't have it in my hand. Because nobody knew I didn't have it in my hand. And so when I would put my Leia down, I would start looking at firing lines and I would ask questions like, hey, would you agree that this unit can see Leia and Leia can see this unit from this particular position? <laughs> and I just convinced everybody that I had orbital bombardment and then common cause would come out. And they're like, wait a minute, why, why isn't Leia shooting a spaceship right now? And I'm like, well, because honestly, I kind of... I love that card and I hate that card. Like, I don't want that to be a one pip because Leia wants to play that card turn one and you don't want to burn a one pip turn one. Um, I think the other card, there's a couple cards you can still do this with that you can pretend to have or people will assume you have because you have those commanders. But if you can get the benefit out of the counterplay, making your opponent counterplay that card and not actually having to bring it, that's great. I think change of plans is the other one. You can make people do goofy things by bringing a Han list and not dropping change of plans. Um, you can still have it in your hand, but sometimes even faking that you're going to drop it, they play a less optimal card, hoping that you're going to change a plan stuff away. Um, I think Krennic can do something similar with his 3-pip. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I don't know how many other Imperial commanders have signature cards that you can be sneaky and cheeky and leave out. I don't think anybody's leaving, and now you will die at home. <laughs> well, just there to was bait, that one bait game out the pelt. Enemy move. of the podcast did not bring explosions. So, yeah, yeah, but that was a. I think we can all agree that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think there's your mileage may vary, but there are a few cards out there that you can try to get the benefit. Of just having the commander on the field and leaving the card at home and putting another card in its in its spot. Playing the opponent. Um, Playing the opponent. Yep. Um, I've still haven't figured out how to use Jin's cards. I want to. I get it. I love. I like Jin. I, I just. Like Jin. I don't love Jin, but I like Jin. Yeah, that's that's my problem. I just haven't figured it out, and I've only put it on the table once, and I didn't like it. You play Jin Han Chewie and play her two pip and get teamwork Chewbacca, who then gets teamwork Han Solo, and then she takes her quick thinking action, and you get uh, six green tokens. <laughs> But that's 650 points. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that expensive, really. Uh, so if, with these cards, these cards, you really are looking at what pips are we going to play and when. And like Ryan said, you don't want to play the lay of one pip if you don't have to. And it's really exactly. easy to go into, well, I'm going to play my Veer's maximum firepower. It's, it's turn one. I can see Boba Fett that far away. Let me just go ahead and do this. But right. it takes away your one pip. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, and so sometimes holding it, if you know Veers is going to have a shot somewhere that is not within range four or within range three, sometimes it's better to hold that thing. It will definitely surprise them, and it may be the time you needed that 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 thing to go off the board. Yeah, I think also when you go now that you've built a hand, uh, when choosing which command cards to actually like play round to round, it's really important to keep in at keep in mind all three aspects of a command card. Uh, how many pips it gives you, like its initiative order, the orders that it actually gives out, and who's what the commander has to be if it's got somebody's face on it, and what or, what they can actually order, and what com upgrades you might have, and then obviously the text effect. And going round to round, game to game, those things may have different values at different times. Sometimes you just really need to get an order to that... Um, occupier tank sometimes you really need to get that order to that operative and so you'll need to play cards that allow you to do that but sometimes you just don't care what your card does but if you get to go first or if it's uh if it gives you that key text you don't care when you go you just need this particular game effects to happen i think about that a lot with return of the jedi yeah with luke's cards i'm mostly thinking about can i get the dodge token now do i need that dodge token yeah. do i need to remove do i need the dodge to- i get i get two free dodges this game when do i need exactly. them yeah exactly when you're picking which card you need you want to play always look at what your first instinct is about what the best card is for you right now but before you play it try to scry into your crystal ball and is this card going to be better later on and if it is then you may want to look at what your second gut instinct says and look to see if that card is going to be better later on. Because outside of turn one, if you're playing a Luke list, for example, Son of Skywalker is always the best card, but you only get to do it once. So, But if Son of Skywalker may be better in a later round, it may be worth it to play a different card that may not be better later on, or that may be... Um, really make it the the inefficiency you you might be losing from it may make up for the bonus efficiency that that other card is going to give you. And so really think about that you only get to play each of these cards once unless you're running Han and Chewie. Um, <laughs> to to really get the maximum effort for for what you need. It's whatever your gut instinct is isn't always your best choice to immediately play. You need to look into the future and find when the best time for that card is See, coordinated fire is one of those things you think to yourself okay all my troopers are lined up it's early in the game yep. so i have lots of dice to throw so i should play it now but you may not have enough targets because there's nothing worse than exactly. playing that card and then only getting to shoot one thing and then all your guys are looking at it going well it's dead already so maybe a place where exactly especially since you can't order veers mm-hmm. and turn one finding getting the actions to take an aim and have someone to shoot is very very difficult and um you usually need to like move to get to get range mm-hmm. so. like i played coordinated fire my game against michael garaki or garaki ricky sorry and it was definitely one of those i played it later in the game and i held those shots because i was looking for veers's card and eventually i just mm-hmm. had to go doesn't matter here we go this guy will just take an aim right. fire and hope i can get something i took the guy had two dice on him he aimed and fired because it was going to pass to the rest of them for later <laughs> when things yep. move forward so, uh, also keep an eye on your your discards and keep an eye on what your opponent discards. You want to try to gauge what they're gonna do and try to snipe first play whenever you can with the highest value card. So I like to try a lot of times to go first with my two pips when I know my opponent's gonna play a three, with the one glaring exception of round one. 
in almost all circumstances, not every, but almost all circumstances, you want to go last round one. You typically want to get into the fight second. I think there's maybe a few exceptions, um, which is why I don't really like Max Firepower or Coordinated Bombardment. I think they're great card effects and they're good cards. But they make you go first on a turn you typically don't want to go first. Uh, so keep in mind, and I think that's something I should have done in me and, and Michael's game, is I should have noticed that he had already played uh, his My Allies the Force, and I still had mine, so I still could have gotten Luke's Dodge token and gone first. Um so keep an eye on your discards and try to snipe first when you can with the highest value cards to keep the threat of those one pips in your hand. And I will say, I mean, I'm a big believer in knowing where your opponent's cards are. Um, my family is all right. card players. Uh, my parents brought me up playing Canasta and Euchre and Bridge. And I'm not saying I count the deck, but I know where those cards are. And so keeping track of that is super important. But I will say sometimes yes, playing that one pip, like Maximum Firepower or Quadrant Bombardment, and then not going is a great psychological ploy against your opponent. Yep, it can be. Because then Absolutely there's this hammer be. that's just waiting for you to step out into the open. And so it may cause them to be more defensive and then not be actively engaged going towards you or towards the objective because they're afraid of getting shot by that you know coordinated. Yeah, instead of double moving forward, if they dodge and move mm-hmm. uh, to try to avoid that big shot, it can be worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely worth it. But uh, I think that's a, a nice tidy episode i think this so. is this is fantastic we didn't drone too long it's tim's the problem we kicked him off we should kick him more off more kick tim out I more mean, often i didn't even have time to speculate on anything i mean <laughs> i know so uh i think we're gonna go ahead and shut this thing down thank you guys for your time to listen to us on your commute at your paint table uh in your tournament prep or whenever it is that you you bother to listen to us and until next time i'm brian slowoski reminding you to play like you have oral bombardment even when you don't And I'm Ben Fowler reminding you, even if you do have orbital bombardment, play like you don't. Your opponent won't know. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. Dearest Ryan, I write to you this day via soundbite to convey to you my deep-felt feelings of hurt and betrayal. I had hoped that our compatriot, Mr. Fowler, would have beseeched you on my behalf to stay your hand that we may have recorded together as one as in the olden days. Sadly, I now know this not to be the case, and so I shall record alone. However, know that though our soundbites may be separated, our souls are forever entangled in this journey we call friendship. And know that I will pray for you, that the Lord may forgive you in his timing, and that I will forgive you in mine, as I will one day come to do. Give my regards to Benjamin. Yours truly, Timothy.